Black Lives Matter. Thank you for tuning back in to the Hearts, Conspiracies and UFOs podcast. It's Jarvie here and boy oh boy do we have a jam-packed show for you today. We have a whole host of transfer news to steer through up on the UFO, everyone's favourite out of context, Jambles Kickback, and we will also be going through who we consider to be the biggest cult heroes to have ever played for the Hearts. And to help me get through it all, I am joined by who is often the voice of reason, Simon. Hello. Now, recent reports have said that he has the sexiest voice in all of Scottish football podcasting. It's Hammy. Hello. Nice. I'm still more of a Stephen Presley man myself. Well. And, <laughs> and sadly, uh, this week, Jolly Jambo is un- unavailable um, since the flights to Spain have reopened. He got himself booked up for Benidorm right away. However, we are delighted to be joined by Jolly, Jamb- Jolly Jambo's nephew today. It's Junior Jolly Jambo. Hello, Junior. All right, how's it going, Jarvie? Not too bad. Now, do you want to be known as Junior or is it Triple J like a wrestler? I'll be Triple J like a wrestler. There you go. Triple J. Well, I think uh, like Triple H before you, I think you look like more like Dribble J. <laughs> Looking at the nick here. No, but thanks for coming on and all the best to you. Um, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure Uncle Jolly would love to be here, but you know, but a bit of ruckus at the, the Miners Club this morning with the, the beer garden opening and, uh, well, you know, these things happen. So, so he's fled the country and got to Benidorm. That makes sense. Exactly, that, man. <laughs> uh, before we get on to the onto the show, boys, um, since we recorded last week, what well, we recorded after day one of court proceedings, um, let's just have a kind of brief chat and wrap up of it all, um, and we'll hand back over to to our lawyer friend uh, QC Hammy. So quite a, an interesting turn of events. I don't think anyone actually got what they wanted or what they went in for at the start of it. Cove, Wraith and Dundee United got their motion completely dismissed and now they've been left with quite a large bill. Um, reports today that the, they've all got the the begging hats out looking for some money for that, which is going to probably hurt them quite a bit. Hearts... Sadly, didn't get to keep it in court, um, and the SPFL didn't get to keep their dodgy documents hidden. So, I know I, I would, I'd like to call it a draw. I think we've done okay out of it, and hopefully, the the arbor of smoky that comes out of this can shed <laughs> some more light, and we can get what we want. Yeah. Yeah, it has been interesting today to see, um, like you said, Dundee United, well, all three of them, Rafe Rovers and Cove, um, starting a, was it a GoFundMe or crowdfunding to pay for their, their legal bills? Like, I've never seen Hibs, Hibs fans quicker to back a club financially in my life. <laughs> <laughs> More than their own, their own, unbelievable. 150 grand, I think they're expecting. Yeah. Because 
the thing is with um, other than Dundee what Rafe Rovers and Cove like Hearts are having to wait until the 17th of October before they've got any source of income coming in and that's providing we can get fans into grounds when the season starts then as well um, however looking at the fixture list today with Celtic and Rangers being drawn together for their first uh, old firm game whatever you want to call it for the 17th of October you can certainly believe that everyone will be doing everything they can within their powers to make sure fans are at that game so, um, yeah, there was no chance that game was going to be called like mid-August or yeah. even the start of October. They were going to push that as far back on the randomly generated calendar as possible. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, something tells me every, it'll, it'll almost be like a conspiracy how things will suddenly come together and fans will be in the stadiums by the 17th of October. Watch this space. Although the, the Scottish government came out recently and said that the, the SFA have been moving a bit too prematurely with their fans back in by the 23rd of July, I'm pretty sure they were saying. Mm-hmm. They could have small, small, small sections open and yeah. the Scottish government's just come in and said, nah, no, not the 23rd up. of July. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, when, do, when do Rangers play their European tie as well? Is that before our season starts? Or is that mid-August? I have no idea, actually. I'm not sure if that date has been confirmed as yet. Because um, I know the Champions League is going to be like a, a miniature tournament in Germany. I'm pretty sure. I'm sure the, I'm sure the Europa League runs alongside it. Does it? Mm-hmm. Um, am I, am I right. saying there's something happening in Lisbon, isn't there? I think there might be a, a similar thing. So maybe it's the the Euros that are um, the Europa. Sorry, that's going to be in Lisbon. If the Champions League's in Germany. Yeah, yeah, that could make sense. But they've got no chance anyway. They've got destroyed by Ibrox. <laughs> Okay, well yeah, that kind of wraps up court. It's, it's probably going to be old news before it's new news. Um, and yeah, we'll just check back in next week and see where we're at. Um, so leaving it at that, boys, let's leave the courthouse again and we'll jump inside that big silver and maroon saucer part out in the car park. Yes, it's time to look at some unsolicited foreign offers. <laughs> Well, here we are again, floating around the EH11 area. Um, Triple J, I know it's your first time up here. If you look under your seat, you'll find a hip stop to be sick in if needed. Um, let's get to some unsolicited um, foreign offers and some other general transfer news. Uh, the biggest name of this week has to be Sam Nicholson, um, who's had his contract really, um, terminated by mutual consent with Colorado Rap- Rapids for personal reasons. Some say it's because Robin Nielsen's had him on speed dial non-stop for the last fortnight. Others say it's something else. Um, the feedback from kind of Twitter and Instagram has been a real mixed bag. It's pretty much been down the line from what I've seen with fans wanting him back or some are very strongly against the return of Nicholson. So we'd be interested to get your take on it, boys. Um, Simon, we'll start with you. What do you reckon? Yeah, um, Robbie Nielsen's come out today and he said that Sam Nicholson's a player they're interested in. I've heard a lot of stuff about Sam Nicholson wanting to move to England and preferring a League One team over coming back to Hearts in the Championship. Yeah. I mean, I understand the potential to then go into the Championship and compete at that level, but the bubble's bursting in England. The the, the bubble's bursting in Scotland and we run it on a lot, a lot smaller budgets for a lot of teams. But uh, I think the chance of him going to League One He's good enough, but with the the stigma of Scottish players and the 
the the small chance of him actually making it into the championship, I'd obviously biasedly want him to come back to Hearts. Yeah, he did blow hot and cold before, and I think that's a lot of people's concerns. Um, just to say, it's it's um, Bristol Rovers that have been linked with Nicholson. Apparently, we've asked him, you know, if, if he'd be interested in looking at a contract. Um, aye, Hammy, what's your opinion? You you watched Nicholson quite closely that championship season when he was kind of running the show. Would you like to see him back again? I think he'd be a, a fine addition to the team, left wing. I don't think we've really got anyone else that can sort of play out there. Um, he's a good player. He's done, what, three years over in the States now. He's still only 25. Yeah. I think he, he would fit in that team well. He obviously is, he knows Robbie Nielsen. Um, and again, we need to remember that it's going to be the championship season. It's not exactly going to be top draw. So I think he would fit in well. Uh, I would I would take him back. I, off the top of my head, I can't think of many better players that are available right now. So I don't imagine hey, he'd have a whole lot of money. <laughs> oh, <laughs> can he play and in Messi's the line? unhappy at Barca. Cavani and Messi on the links in the championship. <laughs> we had a cold, horrible Wednesday night in our broth or something. Can they really? Can Messi and Cavani really do what Sam Nicholson does, though? That's it. <laughs> You'd hope that Sam Nicholson, being a 25-year-old now, would have put on a natural bit more body weight, just because obviously yeah. he's grown and the way he played, he was like every other skillful Scottish player. You just get taken out a lot of the time. Oh yeah. Like remember, he just got booted in the face. Oh, yeah, he was injured all the time. Aye. Think that against Hamilton or something, wasn't it? When he just took a, a boot clean to the face, I don't think I think oh, the guy got Livingston, yelly, wasn't it? Was it, Livingston? That was a bit, big boss man boot to the face. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of wrestlers, Triple J, are you a Nicholson fan? I think I'd take him back. I, I think the when being twenty five and potentially having offers down south, I, I don't think he'll be back. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. I've got to say for myself, I'm really 50 50. I, I wouldn't, I think there's, there'll be options out there just as good as Nicholson. And just thinking how injury prone he was, for, I've read a tiny bit about his time in America. It seems like it's been much the same, really. Um, if we got wee skinny um, Milinkovic back, that would be the best show for me. But there's no chance he'd be back at Hearts in the Premier League, never mind the Championship. But Where is he now? Is he at Hull still? He's on loan in Canada from Hull. Oh, okay. Montreal, he's at. I, I wouldn't push the boat out for Sam Nicholson. You know what I mean? No. So if you, you say, here's an offer, if you want to come back, this is what you're getting. And if mm-hmm. he refuses it, then, you know, look elsewhere. Exactly. He shouldn't be up there with being one of the, the highest paid players. No way. No. You wouldn't think so. But we'll see. Maybe maybe Nielsen. He did have a superb season with Nielsen in the Championship last last time. I wouldn't be overly surprised if Nielsen pushes the boat out and brings him back. But surely there's going to be better options come up over the next wee while. We'll see. Um, speaking of other wingers, it was breaking news last week where Hammy was checking Twitter when he was meant to be concentrating on the podcast and revealed that Jake Hasty um, had been linked with Hearts. Um, unfortunately, he has re-signed to go back to Motherwell on loan. Um, pretty gutted myself. Uh, Hammy, how are you feeling about that one? 
Aye, that was, he would have been a good signing. I think he would have been a, a good signing even to take in back into the Premiership. Um, so, again, if it's Jake Haste or Sam Nicholson, I know which one I'd rather want, but yeah, yeah sadly, it's not meant to be. Me too. Do you think um, Do you think us taking the SPFL to the cleaners, potentially, for 10 mil <laughs> might affect clubs doing business with us? I think yes. we'll be the only team they can sell to. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, aye. Maybe a fire sale across the SPFL won't have anybody else to sell to. But no, I think I think you're right, Simon. That that could be a, you know, we go down the line, we turn a grand for this player and they just turn around and say, no. No. Yeah. Oh, well. Hi. Um, Junior, what's your thoughts on Dundee United? Obviously, they've got a, a very wealthy owner who seems to have a very shallow pockets. Um, do you think this is the time where they let Shanklin go? You might see him going for just a, a million or two instead of reaching his full potential. If they need the cash, what do you think is going to happen with Dundee United? I think it's an interesting one. I think, yeah, given their position, you're you're exactly right. Um, they, if they've got an asset like him sitting there and they get the right offer, would they take it? I'd imagine they do. But then again, if teams down south or elsewhere see them in that position, maybe they don't get the money they want. It's, there is, there is really not a chance. Position. No, there is not a chance they get anywhere near a million pounds for Lawrence Shanklin. Oh, he has to go for at least a million for me. Well, what 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 did he do that Jason Cummins didn't? Like Shanklin's goal records, you can't Played compare anyone United. to. <laughs> but at the same level, I'm pretty sure their goal record is pretty similar. So you're talking what Cummings for the Hib season when they went up? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, by then Hearts and Rangers had both went up. Little competition. Similar. Uh, I don't have the stats in front of me. It'd be interesting to see how many Cummings got. I'm sure it's not not actually that close to Shanklin. Sure Let me have a look. Have a look, Simon. JC35. Shanklin's in the 40s, isn't he? <clears throat> Dundee, uh, Wikipedia says Shanklin, in, 26 games, 24 goals. So yeah, in the, in three years, in the first year he got eighteen goals, second year he got eighteen goals, third year he got nineteen goals, all in the Scottish Championship. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so not not too bad. Yeah, so it's good. And going. Hammy, what's, how much uh, did they Shankers? get for him? According to Hibs fans, they got like what three quarters of a million. Yeah, that was a good few years ago, but about with inflation, and he is a Scottish international, which Cummings wasn't at the time. You know, all these things do boost uh, do, do boost transfer values. And Cummings is a bit of a riot as well. Hi, <laughs> and uh, Cummings a is bit a bit baggage, yeah. The cum dog's a bit of a loose cannon. That probably took a zero <laughs> off his value. Have you got Shanklin's goals there, Hammy? 26 appearances, 24 goals in the in the league. That's for two this and season. two in the Scottish Cup and four and two in the League Cup. Yeah. So 33 goals, 28, 33 appearances, 28 goals. No. For Dundee United. That's like a million pounds for 28 goals a season. That's that's decent business. If an English League One team takes him, surely that, that's a good bit of business. That um, I, I would personally be really disappointed if we don't get to see Shanklin playing in the Scottish Premiership. Um, everything aside, that fact, I don't want Dundee United to be in the Premiership, but I'd personally like to see how Shanklin does up there. 
um, if he still manages to score score twenty plus goals, you know, if he could compete there, you can just see him going down to League One or a a kind of mince championship team down there, and he just kind of fizzles out. I think that'd be really good. Um, yeah, there seems to be too many players, too many clubs in the English lower leagues. It's yeah. easy to get lost. Exactly. Um, speaking of assets, let's speak of a young one at left back. Speaking about Hearts again as well, which is nice considering it's a Hearts podcast. Um, let's speak about Aaron Hickey. It seems that news has kind of firmed up this week that he could be joining Man City on a permanent deal. However, loaned back for kind of circa 18 months. So it'd be the end of the... 2020 to 2021 season um, no that's now end of 2022 sorry he'd be um, going to Man City properly in the summer of 2022 um, it would include a sell-on clause of around 30% apparently to Hearts it's all a load of rumours um, and there's also some link that a winger would come on loan from Man City um, a left winger um, do you think it's Man City's the right move for Hickey first of all I guess he's um, he is going to move at some stage. Do you think that's the right move for him, Simon? This this reeks of a player going to a club too big for him too early. Um, I can, you can easily get him seeing him. I think he's a great player. Is he Man City level? Don't know. Will he ever play for the Man City first team? I doubt it. Will he go there and then be sold after making a couple of loan, loan appearances? Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so by the time he'd finished his loan deal at Hearts, he'd be 20. <coughs> See what he's like. You can't expect a player to walk into the Man City's first team from Hearts. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think at any point in his career will he get into the Man City first team. No. No. Hammy, what do you reckon? What's the future for Hickey? I, I, I agree with um, Simon. I think, you know, teams like Man City, they've just got that much money and and power and, and contacts and things that two years, 18 months, two years down the line, it'll just not be flavour of the month at all for Man City and they'll just yeah. go out and buy somebody else. There'll be somebody just better out there. Um, from a Hearts perspective though, if we can sell them for a decent wedge with that sell-on fee and get them back for 18 months, I think we'd be silly to, to not take it, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, it is an attractive offer, if true. Um, Junior, what do you think is the best options for Hickey? Do you think Man City is a good move for him? No, I think I'd just echo what the boys have said. I think if Hearts do get offered that, there's no way Hearts can turn that down. You know, you're getting the player back and the likeliness is that you would lose him a year, 18 months down the line anyway. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, take the benefit and, and go with it. Yeah. But whatever happens, Hickey only has one year left on his current contract. So it is important that something is done now. Um, so yeah, if we can capitalise on that now, get some income and get them back with sell-on clauses and what have you, I think we'd be mad not to. We'll see. Um, moving on from the left back to the right back then, um, some very sad news, I feel. Um, the fact that Michael Smith has been linked with several English championship teams, um, which could be kind of Smith's last big move, you'd probably think, as he's uh, in, his early in his early 30s now. Um Simon, how devastated would you be if Michael Smith was to leave Hearts this window? I'd be less devastated than you think, just because I'd be so happy for him if he got a big move. Yeah, I'd genuinely just think, right, if he could, he's earned it. it the last thing his reward should be is pl playing out his career in the Championship for Hearts. 
I think uh, I think if he can get some money, if we can get some money for him and get him moved to the championship, where he can really test himself, because that's what he wants to do. He wants to obviously go somewhere where he feels he'll challenge himself. And like you said, it's the last chance for him to make good amount of money. So mm-hmm. good luck to him. Yeah, that's worth remembering. Perfect chance for one of the young boys to come in in the championship. We've got got good young players in all positions, so I don't mind it. We do. Yeah. There's a few options there at right back. Um, Hammy, kind of keeping in mind, Michael Smith obviously is a he's a, a starting international player as well. Northern Ireland, who you know, for everything they do, <laughs> you wouldn't be surprised if they get to another another big tournament and, and get going. Um, do you think Michael Smith could do it playing in the Scottish Championship, or do you think he's kind of his hands forced? He has to go. I think yeah, I think he'll he'll not want. I mean, we spoke about it last week as well on the podcast. I think about players playing in the championship with, with Craig Gordon. Um, he'll not want to be playing in the championship if he's got potential Euros coming up. And like Simon says, he's he, he's too good a player for for the Scottish Championship. He's he's absolutely brilliant at Hearts. He's he covers absolutely everything. He's very rarely injured, if I mind. Mm-hmm. Takes me back. I can't really remember having too many bad injuries. He's maybe missed a few games. Um, he, yeah, he deserves a, a good move. What is he? He's 31 now. Yeah. Um, we'll turn 32 at the end of the year. So he's probably got a good two, three years, maybe a wee bit more left because he seems like a, he's as fit as a fiddle. Mm-hmm. So play it down, go get a move to the championship, earn stupid money, and then get to the Euros in Northern Ireland, possibly. Mm-hmm. You can't. You can't say no to that he's he's done his time at Hearts 81 appearances I'm seeing which is 81 is a lot yeah but like you said he's never injured he's always there yeah. bombing about covering everywhere to think the positions <laughs> he's played he's obviously an out and out right back he's filled in at centre mid and he's even played at uh, sorry centre back and he's even filled in at centre mid for Stendhal a couple of times as well yeah yeah just because he's that you know he's that versatile a player and he's that fit he's as you said before as well, he's covering the, the whole defence at times, mm-hmm. um, especially with ball playing with uh, players like uh, Suter and things. So it'll be, I think we'll miss him. Um, but again, Jamie Brandon just signed a new contract, so there's obviously yeah. keeping him in frame for that right back position. Yeah, Brandon's okay. <laughs> um, He'll probably be great in the championship. Yeah, it might, might be the perfect level for him to get going, to be fair. Good luck to Brandon. Um, Junior, do you think there's any chance of us keeping hold of Michael Smith? And if not, what kind of transfer kind of value could we could we be looking at if Smith was the move, do you, do you think? No, no, I think I think it goes. But putting a value on anyone at Hearts at the moment with the flux that we're in is nigh on impossible, I think. What's your language, please? <laughs> We're not in the greatest. We're not in the greatest position for bargaining with anyone. Um, yeah. So it would be interesting to see what we get. Yeah, it would be. Um, and just um, a quick question for you boys, and just jump in. Say there's a team in the Scottish Championship next season, and it's got eleven Michael Smiths playing. Where does it finish? <laughs> We'd get chucked out for match fixing. Would be that good. <laughs> <laughs> but we're seriously we'd obviously walk away with a championship with 11 Michael Smiths how do you feel 11 Michael Smiths would do in the Premier League Scottish Premier League would they be better than 11 Thomas Flogels <laughs> who actually be a good game 
<laughs> Sexy football, that. Is Tom his full goal in the 90s, Michael Smith? Possibly. It's a good show. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll link on to that in a little bit. Who knows? <laughs> um, just a couple of other things in terms of transfers. There's um, what I'd like to call a weak rumour that John Suter has been linked with a possible move to Aston Villa um, at this stage, despite his lack of um, lack of appearances, really, you could say, for the last 12 to 18 months. Um, Simon, would you would you bite their hand off if they were to come in for a transfer? Yep, anything. <laughs> I love I love John Sir. I think he's great, but he, he doesn't play. Yeah, I mean, I am a I'm a huge John John Suter fan, and uh, uh, these two injuries, although they're replicas of one another, leg to leg, um, they are completely unrelated. It just seems to be some bad genetic genetic makeup um, with there. Well, saying that, his brother, well, Harry Sewer's a big boy as well. He might get the, the, the health, the the training and the right sort of cardio and fitness, strength training that he, he needs that will actually means he can stay fit that for some reason, clearly no one is getting a hearts. Are you saying Craig <laughs> Levine ran players into the ground? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying Craig Levine ran players over by his car. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looked like at times. <laughs> to be fair, if you've ever been to the Orium, the car park's an absolute nightmare. Junior, speaking of conspiracies, uh, some say there's a curse over the Orium, and that's the reason for the high amount of injuries to Hearts players. Got any thoughts on that? I mean, it's, it's, it's a big tent, so <laughs> I'm not sure... <laughs> I'm not sure I believe in spells. I know um, it used to have a bit of a spell over me and that if I ever got a night bus home, I'd, I'd often wake up and drink it. But that's probably more to do with the drink than any witches. Did we check that the Orium 100% wasn't buried, wasn't built on ancient burial grounds? I think it's unconfirmed at this stage. <laughs> it goes far to say that. Aye, but there's some strange goings on. Um, looking at the, the wider squad um, it's been said kind of today loosely that Robbie Nielsen's earmarked around six players to be moved on um, can you give me a couple of names of kind of senior players you'd like to see go like Demir uh-huh. um... uh, see the thing is I could name six players we'd all agree and Hammy could name a completely different six players and we'd all agree <laughs> So we could lose 12. <laughs> uh, I, You're I, I no raise, raise that to 18 yeah. for me. Oli Bazanek, there's, I mean, I'm just looking at the sort of squad at the moment and I Craig can't Gordon's even remember. Eddie Wade. Craig There's, I, I like Ben Garuccio, there's, there's so many players in there that you wouldn't even like next year. You wouldn't remember they played this year. I'm excited. I am excited to see John, so- uh, not John, so- Craig Alcott looking like Maldini in the championship next year. <laughs> <laughs> Gracefully taken out from the back, spraying balls around, scoring 15 goals this season. He will. That should have been the bet between Hammy and Paddy. Craig Alcott, 15 over or under. 
<laughs> he does like those set pieces, doesn't he? Was he not like yeah. a joint top goal scorer this season? Ah, he's uh, he's up there, aye. Yeah, that he was. Um, speaking of Ben Garuccio, Hammy, since you mentioned him, uh, I'm actually quite looking forward to his return. I think he was quite underrated. He's just another one like John Sewer. He's, he's not had a proper long run in the first team and he's got a cracking set piece on him as well. He's scored some absolute screamer free kicks. So it's another good option to have. See if he can break back through. Um, any other transfer news that you boys have heard of this week? Anything else to mention? Kyle Lafferty. As always. Uh, said he would come back on the on the was it off the ball? Sorry, Ferry. Said he'd love to come back. Yeah. Really? Aye. So would I. Anytime. <laughs> I I'd I'd, I'd I'd certainly take uh, Kyle Lafferty. I can't believe he would come back to Hearts in the Championship, but if he's wanting it, <laughs> he's a good striker. Another couple of years older, it might be the right level for him. Yeah. We'll see, we'll see. Um, okay, um, and just finally, speaking of uh, transfers and players, uh, Nielsen confirmed this morning that Christoph Berra will be back in his squad and potentially in his selection plans. Um, Hammy, would you be happy to see him in there? Say, he's, say Suter moves on, Berra and Halkett for the Championship. Um, I'm very 50-50 on this. Berra... To be fair, better done well at Dundee in the Championship by all accounts. I think that's probably now his level. But at the same time, this is an issue I've always had with the Scotland teams as well. I just think that, you know, if we're planning to go straight back into the Premiership, which we are, why don't we try and blood somebody else in there? Mm. And Bear is not going to be around forever. I think he's only got a year left. So, you know, fair enough, keep him in the squad, keep him in the team. He's club captain, I think. I think it'll probably go back to him. But surely we've got another centre-back or something we can put in there. Um, like, better, like I say, keep him in the squad, keep him on the bench, keep him in the team. But if he's not going to be there, why why persist with starting him? Yeah, I think this signifies that he is retiring. I think him coming back and being part of the squad, he's probably said, listen, this will be my last year. If, we can win a, if he can win a title in brackets, um, with Hearts, obviously his club, the club that he's captained many times. Mm-hmm. I, I would suggest that would be a great way to retire. It's not a bad shot. For me, I'd love to see Cleaver Dickamona come back, bring him back is what I say. <laughs> I think he's looking for that. He's back in France and he's looking to get a move to just like a local team from what I've read. Just a shame. Right. Bring him yeah, back. Yeah, I liked him. That would have been a right laugh. Um <laughs> Junior Jolly, what's your thoughts on Berra? Would you be happy to see him back, albeit in the Championship? Um, yes, I think he'll do a job for us in the Championship. Um, as you said, that might well be where he is in his career now. Um, yeah, you just kind of hope it's not the later Rocky films, you know, as it rolls on a bit. <laughs> well... Thanks for that, boys. That wraps up this journey. So let's go and land this boy in Harry Park because it's time to go over to Hammy for Out of Context Jambles Kickback. Oh, 
So I was once again drifting over to Jambo's Kickback to find some funny tales. And I have to admit, I, possibly they have been listening because it's not been quite as uh, rife of roasters as it usually is. But I did see a lovely thread called, Have I Got This Right, Lads and Lassies? And I wonder what is this about? <laughs> Cardiff Boy says, just checking if I understand the various hearts names for their rivals. And here we go. Hibs are vermin, hobos, spoonburners, tramps, mini Celtic. Rangers are Hun, Sevco, Celtic are Septic, Aberdeen are the sheep, St. Mirren are midden. Any others? Hearts, hearts, glorious hearts. Thanks in advance. Terry. <laughs> wow. Apparently, Celtic are also known as filth or scum. Though, to be fair, events since March 2020, these could be levied on 90% of Scottish clubs. Oof. Sticking the knife into everyone there. <laughs> St Mirren, also called St Lydon. I believe that's uh, in reference to 1986. I'm sorry. Which we'll not right. talk about. Why, like, who's an avid football fan enough that they're going on a team's forum, Jambo's <laughs> Kickbacks, but they don't know the nicknames for teams? There you go. <laughs> it's just I mean, an excuse to go, oh, it's not me who calls them this, but <laughs> by the way, did you know that? Just be sick. I read it on uh, kickbacks, so it's all right. <laughs> Maggie, Maggie B says, though, that the top three in your list, which were, I'll go back to that, um, Hibs, Celtic and Rangers, Maggie B says that the top three in your list are also known as Sister Fisters. <laughs> now, I don't oh. believe I've ever... Sister Fisters. <laughs> Sister Fisters. I don't believe I've ever referred to either of those, uh, three, those three teams as Sister Fisters, and I don't think I ever will. I've never heard Apparently, that. Apparently... Um, I'm sure it's in a song that, that, uh, that Junior Jolly sings sometimes. I don't want to Google it either. <laughs> I think it might be Uncle, yeah, don't uncle Jolly that sings. <laughs> is, it that is it your uncle? Is it? Sorry, right, okay. Thankfully, another poster says, uh, just call them by their names instead of being a child. I quite agree with that, Superstar. Well done. Hmm. Any um, any names you'd like to call, call other teams? I think we need to move oh. swiftly on. <laughs> <laughs> That was so intense, Hammy. I'm having heart palpitations. I don't know if it was what you just said or the dominoes I had earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Sister fisters. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for that, Hammy. That was nice and relaxing. Um, I think now we'll move over to our next section and let's have a look at cult heroes. Um, generally speaking about who we consider as the biggest cult heroes um, probably in our lifetime and I think it's worth just saying um, before we get on to it we know there's cult heroes from the 60s the 70s and maybe even years gone by but just remember that it's very hard to say a cult hero when you haven't seen them play live please take that into account when you hear our choices thank you I'll go first. How many? Where do you go? I'll go first. Um, so I, I still hold this man as, I would quite happily say, my favourite of a Hearts player. And I know everyone will be like, what about Robertson? What about Scatchel? And didn't get me wrong. They, they're they are, not cult heroes. They're, they're just club legends yeah, for me. You need to go a bit, a bit bespoke. Exactly. Exactly, Jarvie. So... Um, taking those legends out of the equation, my favourite is Pasquale Bruno. 
Um, nice. He won the UEFA Cup with Juventus. He played at Torino, Fiorentina, before coming to Hearts in 1995. Now, he only played for two years, but I just love a holding defensive midfielder. I think any good team needs uh, a player like that, and Pasquale Bruno was hard as nails. <laughs> he done the dirty job that nobody... Nobody see. Nobody, you don't remember Pasquale Bruno in games because he's no scoring goals. He's no making you know inch perfect passes. And all that. He's a break from all teams and breaking each other players as well. In the nineties when he was playing and when you could really hard tackle <laughs> players. Um, yes, I, I think if you um, right at the start. If you ever come and play five-a-side football with us, but I don't know why you would, you'll see that we are all quite inspired by Pasquale Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't we don't play soccer football. We just get in and about each other. Yeah, and we he, don't play football. So he joined in 1995. <laughs> ah, we barely play football. So he joined in 1995 to 1997, and he was that was right at the very start of when I was watching watching Hearts. So I always remember him, and that you know that strip. It's like the maroon stripes. Uh, different yeah. shades of maroon bikes. That strip always reminds me of Pasquale Bruno. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Um, and like all good players, um, he finished here um, at Cowdenbeath. So <laughs> after heavy heights of um, Italy, he ended up at Cowdenbeath. So <laughs> not as glamorous a finish to his career as, as many other players at the UEFA Cup, but uh, I loved him. Um, and even that sort of midfield, you didn't get that much nowadays. Um, we had mind we had Brelia who done that sort of job that made superb player um, yeah. Hartley and Scatchel so so prolific um, and I think even last season with Stendhal's type of football we, we were crying out for somebody just to sit in the middle and all, like you said earlier we put Michael uh, Mike Stewart there Mike Stewart Mikey Smith there um, to no, break Michael up Stewart, players coming forward <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's my he's my favourite ever player. Um, well, cult legend. Yes, superb. Thank you, Hammy. Um, Junior Jolly Jambo, will we go over to you? This is easy for me. This is a a player I would love us to have next season. Um, the kind of guy who looked like he couldn't play ninety minutes, but could run a whole game through his through his feet. Um, I mean, of course the. The Teesside Iniesta, Philip Stamp. <laughs> Super. Hero of uh, Easter Road in 2002. Oh, yes. He seemed to be up to all sorts of antics in his house at that time as well. Um, he's, he's easily my favourite player. Um, well, definitely my favourite cult player that Hearts have ever had. Um, yeah, the kind of guy who you kind of felt like you could be a football player because he was a football player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, he was, you can't imagine. Remember the, the Hibs keeper a couple of year, years ago, uh, Conrad Logan, was it? I think, Aye. Uh, he was quite a similar build to Phil Stamp. <laughs> He's the Teesside Gaza. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great shout, Junior. Superb. Um, Simon, who's your pick then? Who's your cult hero? So I'm going to go for a player that I always admired just because just the sheer... Like um, like Phil Stamp, but for the opposite reasons. You thought you could be a football player because he wasn't the best technically. He wasn't the most athletically gifted, but whenever you seen him, you just seen him trying so hard. And like I referred to earlier, he was the turn of the millennium 
90s, noughties. Hart, Michael Smith. His <laughs> name is Thomas Flogel. Nicely done. He's a superb player. Thomas Flogel won three Austrian League Championships and I think he won like two Austrian uh, domestic trophies. And you just forget, like when he signed for Hearts, I was I was very young, but he started playing for them the first season that I started going. And uh, I just remember watching him running and running and running and thinking, that's what you want. And when I started playing football and I realised that it was actually really hard, you had more of appreciation for him. And mm-hmm. we all talk about Kevin McKenna as playing any position for Hearts. Thomas Fogel actually played every position apart from goals for Hearts. <laughs> He was also a great player in that 98 season um, where we actually finally cup. won the cup. He was an important player in that, that team. Um, unlike uh, Pasquale, he he done a lot of the hard work that allowed other players like Colin Cameron and, uh, and John Robertson to go ahead and actually score the goals. Mm-hmm. And he's a dream book. And he had a sweet goatee. He had like <laughs> a sweet goatee. <laughs> the most 2000 beard ever. You should bring it back, Simon. You should grow yourself a Thomas Flogel. I actually done one. Uh, I actually grew myself a goatee um, not that long ago when you could go to the barbers. And I was just bored and I accidentally shaved a bit too much of my beard. So I thought, oh, fuck it, I'll grow a goatee. I went to my barbers and my barbers just laughed at me and without even asking me, just shaved it off. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's there's a fine line between Ricky Gervais in the office and Thomas Fogel. I feel like it's bone structure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I'll I'll give you my my cult hero. Um, He might not be as big a name um, as your lot, but he still means a lot to me. My my cult hero is Sir David Obua. And I've been been reading into Obua for hours today. And there's just so many things that have came together here that I just need to tell you about. So right now, David Abua is the he's a, what's just named as coach. It sounds like an assistant manager role for no lies, Maroon United in Uganda. <laughs> no, no um, affiliation Hearts, with Hearts. Maroon United oh. in U- Ugandan Premier League. Um, the like Hearts are known as the the Jam Tarts. Maroon United are otherwise known as Prisoners FC. What? Any relation to a prison? <laughs> no, no, they're not. But they are oh, otherwise known <laughs> as Prisons FC. And interestingly, this is not a joke. Interestingly, you'll never guess the name of the first football club which David Abuya played for. He started oh, his career man. at Police FC. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're trying to explain the plot to Longest Yard in some kind of odd way. <laughs> every time I every time I opened up another tab about David Abua, I was just like, "Oh, come on!" Our <laughs> personal friend, David Abua. Oh yes, one day on the podcast, that would make my make my life. If you're listening, David, get in touch. Um, so yeah, going, going to the start of Abuya's career, uh, so he started off for Police FC in Uganda um, and moving on into his kind of later teens, he went over to America uh, to play in some colleges there, most notably for the fantastically named Willingham Hammerheads. <laughs> some amazing names, wow. eh? Oh yes, oh yes. 
Um, around that time when David was in America uh, playing college soccer, um, he was called into the Ugandan international squad and quickly, not long after making his debut, he was signed by the biggest team in South Africa, Kaiser Chiefs, on a three-year deal. Um, he went on to have incredible success for Kaiser Chiefs, actually getting named as South African Player of the Year in his early 20s. So what David did was ran down his three-year contract and he got himself over to the UK as he had interest from a host of clubs and he came over to try and source himself a work permit. Um, he had trials with West Ham and at that time they didn't seem to, to manage to broker a deal together. And if you can cast your minds back to the time, there was a great deal of interest and hype that Hearts were signing this incredible young player. Also at that time, we had Mad Vlad throwing around cash that he didn't <laughs> actually have. So of course... We put two and two together and Mr. Obua came up to Scotland and a star was born. Um, Obua signed for Hearts in 2008 and stayed until 2012, making 91 competitive appearances, only scoring six goals, but a couple of very memorable ones, especially the winner at Easter Road, where he proceeded to shoot the high bees with his rather long gloved fingers. <laughs> <laughs> David also popped up with a goal at Ibrox on the same day that Amy Winehouse was pronounced as dead. Wow. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Wait, so four years they only scored six goals, and one of them was that day, and you've decided to bring it up. Yes. <laughs> Did he only score six goals? <laughs> six goals. <laughs> well, he was a left winger. He was a left winger, and then Jim Jeffries put him at centre forward, um, very much as a target man. There was the era he was playing out on the left wing when um, Christian Nadi was playing centre forward, and I just what remember scoring duo. <laughs> what heady days we never knew how good we had it well this was an era I think what what height I was going to ask you this what height can you do you think David Labour was I remember being being maybe I don't remember if he was the same height maybe a wee bit taller than me what height and that, that was when I was like the podcast <laughs> I'm, I am six foot four six four how many what height do you think Labour is I, I think he's six four actually hey, junior I think it's all Matthews, probably five foot six. That's what you're going to tell According to his Wikipedia, he was six foot two. I, I honestly thought he was like six foot eight. Hey. I had in my head, yeah. But one thing for Obua, I've never seen a guy leap for the ball like him. You know, he could, he's got some some leap on him. And it was at, we were playing some ugly football at that time. And a lot of the time, it was long diagonals to Obua up the left wing, and we'd kind of build play from there. Um, but the reason I love David Abula is he was always walking around with a big smile on his face. He was full of charisma, skill. He was as strong as he was, fast. He may have only scored six goals, um, you know, but he did chip in and create quite a lot. I don't have his assist stats, but I'm sure it's up there. Um, most importantly... <laughs> Four. <laughs> most importantly, <laughs> probably. Uh, most importantly, he was always around town. If you were at Fountain Park during the day, you'd see him there in his white Range Rover. If you went to Cav at night, he'd be there, parked outside in his white Range Rover. <laughs> if you were in the Gorgie Tollcross toll area, it was impossible not to have seen David Abua on your travels. If you were inside Cav, he'd be standing in the, in the VIP booths in the Adam B room, what well, seems like six nights a week having a fantastic time. Long live Abua. <laughs> we are all Abua. Quite like David Abua then, eh? <laughs> Just a bit. Uh, to be fair to him, I was reading, so he's a, like I said, he's an assistant manager now at Maroon United. Um, and his name was actually in the running for the, the Hearts job um, when Stendhal was appointed. 
And that was no joke. Um, it seems Abu is really highly regarded within the, the African uh, coaching setup there. He's got a kind of head of academy role for all um, Ugandan youth football. He's got his UEFA Pro license, I've seen. He just got in the last six months, well, not last six months, it would have been just before lockdown now. Um, so good look to him. There's, there's obviously a, a big talk just now about the lack of black managers in British football. Um, so I really hope with a personality and the experience of his that we get to see Abuya back in Scottish football again. And hopefully for is me, this a, is this Is this the whole point of us stepping up this podcast? David Abuya's senior CV. <laughs> give, give me a shout. Listen, right, I might have had some time on my hands to do some research today. <laughs> I'm just getting in really early for the next arts manager, Robbie Nielsen's replacement, David Abu, 150 to 1. <laughs> um, I speaking... seem to remember, I might be wrong here, Javi, and I don't want to take it from Abu um, too much, but did he not miss a penalty in his debut? Abu? Aye. I only remember the good time, Sammy, no idea. <laughs> I'm sure he came on because everyone was going to a set piece, see an expert and all that. I'm sure he missed a penalty in his debut against, I think it was in the cup or something. He's like, oh, something like that. Oh, yeah. That's well, how I remember him anyway. Thankfully, that's not in my memory bank. Only the good times. And uh, RIP Amy Winehouse. <laughs> Speaking of uh, footballers and nightclubs, Hammy, I believe you've got a story to share. I lived in um, Dundee for my sins for a couple of years and used to, I was a student so that just meant it. Well, obviously he's not about my law and um, <laughs> law and stuff um, I've been quite a few nights um, at the local um, establishments now I, I've we have quite a bit as well when I came home at the weekend because you name matter on day so we would always go to Cav on the night and like you said we would always see David Abuya there I um I was actually I think it was the opening night of a new club in Dundee next door to Fat Sam's. It's called Liquid and Envy. Um, now this is a sister club of Cav actually. Um, opened up in Dundee. <laughs> Liquid and Envy. I think it's there anywhere, sadly. Um, and was slightly inebriated. So um, I was walk. I went to Liquid and Envy sister club and um, it just opened up. We had um, I think we had some. Sort of weird past thing because we were students we got in I was walking around still in braid because I was a student as well you had to uh, drink quite heavily um, before you went to the clubs because we were all skint students I was walking around and right in the middle of the dance floor I seen a big guy bouncing up and down right at the DJ booth I was I think I know him and we're going to remember this is in Dundee and uh, I uh, sorted my vision out a little bit more and all of a sudden it's no <laughs> Gary Kenneth was living his best life. <laughs> I mean, it was like a, that was like a, a game show where you have to guess who the footballer was. She broke up there. Who was it? Sorry, we'll just keep going. So I was walking around and I uh, looked on the dance floor. Is it working? It was like the second you went and say the footballer's name, it broke up. Just, we'll just keep rolling, Amy. Rolling sound. Who was the footballer? Big reveal. It's like through the keyhole. Start again. Start again. Start again. I can't even do it. the story six times. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even worth 
What? <laughs> it's really good in that set. It's Gary Kenny. It's Gary. Well, any other um, any other nightclub stories? I've got one. Um, more about myself than than um, any football player. But there was that whole period when we had Ian Castro in charge, and <laughs> everywhere I went uptown, you know, people seemed to think I was Castro. <laughs> <laughs> this this rolled over. This was in my work as well. I don't, you know, <laughs> big, big jambo, a big jambo that sat next to me. Constantly having a go at me for the results of the weekend. <laughs> so I was I was more than glad when when Ian went on his merry way. <laughs> for more than one reason, to be honest. I was going to say you're not the only one. Christ, oh, Simon, did did we not see uh, Lee Wallace outside Cav one night, and then like in the next again morning he was getting done for um, threatening people with a gun. To be honest, loads of things happened at Side Cab that I cannot speak about on this podcast. Oh, same here. It was a different time. We were young men. Well, that's all we have time for tonight, folks. Thanks for stopping by, and many thanks to Simon, Hammy, and Junior for your time today. If you would like to follow us on the social medias, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at hearts underscore podcast. And don't forget to spread the good word if you'd like to. If for some reason you'd like to send us an email, our email address is heartspodcast at gmail.com. And finally, a special thanks to Padman Scoop Productions for the massive amount of time he spent editing this show. So until next time, keep your ear to the ground and we'll see you again soon. Hearts. Hearts. Oh, hearts. 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 Oh, hearts. 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 Oh.